listening to Conversations on Strategy. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast guests and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Sarah J. Lohman, editor of Countering Terrorism on Tomorrow's Battlefield, Critical Infrastructure, Security, and Resiliency Handbook 2, which was published by the U.S. Army War College Press in 2022. Lohman is an acting assistant professor in the Henry M. Jackson School for International Studies at the University of Washington and a visiting professor at the U.S. Army War College. Welcome to Decisive Point, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're here. We're talking about countering terrorism on tomorrow's battlefield. This is the second handbook looking at maintaining critical infrastructure resilience while countering terrorism. Why was there a need for another handbook? How is this one different? Thanks so much for the question. First of all, we're building on the success of the first handbook. The first handbook collected practices in counterterrorism through providing an outline of current threats and tools for critical infrastructure and security policies. Now, we had had a close partnership and still do with the NATO Center of Excellence in the Defense Against Terrorism in Ankara. And due to that close partnership, it was also suggested that we continue with the second handbook. This is being used to inform military officers across NATO, as well as partners and allies, about best methods and mitigations as we look at counterterrorism. But this new handbook looks to the future and what innovation is being developed. It's looking at how terrorists are using emerging and destructive technologies and how they fill the power vacuum in the wake of, for example, pandemics or natural disasters. It's based on NATO's warfighting capstone concept, so we're really looking at the next couple decades in warfighting. The topics are rooted in the seven baseline requirements for NATO, so that's really the standard for enhancing resilience in every aspect of critical infrastructure and also of civil society. What threats do you look at in your chapter? So I look at terrorist threats coming through big data analytics, coming through hypersonics, and then also looking at how all of this connects through the use of drones and unmanned vehicles. So what is NATO doing in the area of drones to defeat terrorists? So what we found is in the area of drones, NATO is already doing a lot of interoperability. We have specific NATO allies that are helping to produce parts of drones, others that are producing other parts. And then we are doing joint exercises to really make sure we are strong and not only able to operate drones that help repel terrorists, but also that we are able to counter their drone attacks. So we've seen terrorist attacks through drones. This is a cheap method for them. If you think about terrorists are taking advantage of technology that is already existing out there that they don't need big regulation or licensing for that are easy to attain with low financing. And being able to repel those is just as important as being able to operate them and be able to work together in these exercises to make sure that we maintain the upper hand on the battlefield. What is the U.S. doing and what can NATO do to counter the hypersonic threat? As we think about hypersonics, NATO is really at a crucial point right now in terms of determining its own posture. Up until now, we've been looking at hypersonics as a research area for exploration of space, but we have not had an aggressive hypersonics policy. We have defenses that have been set up to repel missiles going over the north. 
We have not had it specifically for the South. And what we've seen is that China and Russia, other actors, have developed new hypersonic glide vehicles that can go around the South. And so NATO is trying to determine how, now that some of these hypersonic missiles can go beyond that area where we have defenses, how should we be posturing ourselves? So there's a number of different options. There's electromagnetic warfare. There's also land-based options. Recently, we have moved a base to Germany specifically to enable defenses should this problem arise coming out of Russia, for example. But this is something that's going to be before Congress. They're going to be asking for a lot more money to increase both defense and offense on this. And this is a decision for NATO as a whole in terms of how we want to posture ourselves. How can we ensure that terrorists don't use big data analytics to target innocents? This is an area that is crucial in the defeating of terrorism. Through big data analytics, we are able to predict when and where terrorist attacks could happen down to a neighborhood level. And so this is a way that NATO countries can work together and make sure that we prevent terrorist attacks from happening. The horizon is very broad on this. What we're looking at are ways to securely share information on this front through the technology options that are out there so that each country is given the actionable information it needs to prevent terrorist attacks on its soil. But because those big data analytics are something that's out there commercially, terrorists sometimes use them to target innocents as well. So we are looking at ways to ensure that there is no back-end possibility when civil and military work together to create this technology, that terrorists cannot use some of these tools for their nefarious purposes. Thanks so much for your time and for your insight. This is pretty heavy stuff. It is, but it's super important on saving lives. And we're glad that the technology is developing so that we can use it to save those lives. If you'd like to learn more about countering terrorism on tomorrow's battlefield, read the monograph. You can download it at press.armywarcollege.edu slash monographs slash 957. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, look for us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and any other major podcast platform.